Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster. That's the winter 2020 edition of that quarterly, which can be sent to your home, by the way, if you'll just contact the folks at chapel at mountzion.org. Send them a note saying you'd like to receive this quarterly every quarter at your house. There's different topics every time. This topic this time around is heaven. And there's different men of God from the past who are talking about that subject. Today's person is Thomas Brooks. He was the English Puritan who lived from 1608 to 1680. Thomas Brooks talking about the presence of God and Christ. All the glory of heaven would be but a poor, low thing in the eye of a saint, had he not a direct and immediate sight of God there. In heaven all mediums shall be removed, all glasses shall be broken, and the glorified saint shall behold God with open face all curtains being forever withdrawn from between God and the soul. Good souls in heaven are like good angels, who are still beholding the face of God, Matthew 18.10. As God is still looking upon them as the jewels of his crown, so they are still crying and looking upon God as their heaven, yea, as their great all and that by a direct and immediate act of their souls. The sight and knowledge that they shall have of God in heaven shall be permanent and constant. Now saints have a happy sight of God, and anon they have lost it. This hour they have a precious sight of God in the mount, next hour they've lost this sight. Behold, he that should comfort my soul stands afar off, Lamentations 1.16. And he hath covered himself with a cloud that our prayers cannot pass through. Our visions of God here are transient and vanishing. The visions, the, the glimpses of majesty and glory which Moses and Peter saw in the mount were not permanent but transient. Their sun was quickly clouded, and both of them soon after were found walking in the dark. Therefore, well saith Augustine, happiness may be obtained here, but here we cannot have the plenary and, and take possession thereof. Oh, but in heaven our sight of God and our knowledge of God shall be permanent. It shall be lasting. There shall be no sin, no cloud, no mist, no curtain to hinder us from a constant sight and vision of God. There we shall see God clearly, fully, eternally. The spouse's question, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? shall never be heard in heaven, because God shall be always in their eye and still upon their hearts. Nor shall Job's complaint be heard. Behold, he said, I go forward, but he is not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. Heaven would not be heaven, were it not always day with the soul. The soul did not live in a constant sight and apprehension of God. All the glory of heaven could not make a heaven to a glorified soul. 
As the best sight and knowledge of God is reserved until last, so the best and choicest presence of God and Christ is reserved until last. And this I shall thus make good. First, in heaven, saints shall have the greatest and the fullest presence of God. No man in this world has so complete and full a presence of God, but he may have a fuller. But in heaven, the presence of God shall be so full and complete that nothing can be added to it to make it more complete. Sometimes sin, sometimes Satan, sometimes the world, sometimes resting in duties, sometimes the weakness of our graces, hinder us from enjoying a full presence of God here. But in heaven there shall be nothing to interpose between God and us. There shall be nothing to hinder us from enjoying a full and complete presence of God. It is this full presence of God that is the heaven of heaven, the glory of all our glory. An imperfect and incomplete presence of God in heaven would darken all the glory of that state. It is the full and perfect presence of God in heaven that is the most sparkling diamond in the ring of glory. And this you shall have. But secondly, they shall have a soul-satisfying presence of God in heaven. They shall be so satisfied with the presence of God in heaven that they shall say, We have enough. We have all. Because we enjoy that presence that is virtually all that is eminently all, that is all light, all life, all love, all heaven, all happiness, all comforts, all contents. As for me, said the psalmist, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Though the spiritual and gracious presence of God with the saints in this world doth much cheer and comfort them, yet it doth not satisfy them. They are still crying out, More of this blessed presence, oh, more of this presence. Lord, less money will, will serve us, uh, so we may but have more of thy presence. Less of the creature will serve, so we may but have more of thy presence. As the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons and Take the goods to thyself. So say, gracious souls, give us more and more of the presence of God, and let the men of the world take the world and divide it amongst themselves. Divine presence is very inflaming. A soul that hath but tasted the sweetness of it cannot but long for more of it. Precious souls that have experienced the sweetness of divine presence cannot be satisfied with a little of it. But in every prayer, this is the language of their souls. Lord, more of thy presence. In every sermon they hear, Lord, let us have more of thy presence. In every ordinance they receive, Lord, vouchsafe to us more of thy presence. Nay, this gracious presence of God that they enjoy here makes them very earnest in their desires and longings after a celestial glorious presence of God and Christ in heaven, which presence alone can satisfy their souls. Look, as the espoused maid longs for the marriage day, the apprentice for his freedom, the captive for his ransom, 
the traveller for his inn, and the mariner for his haven, so do souls that are under the power and sweetness of God's gracious presence long to enjoy his glorious presence in heaven, which alone can fill and satisfy their immortal souls. So saith Bernard, or Bernard, as what I have, if offered to thee, uh, pleaseth not thee without thy, myself, so, O Lord, the good things we have from thee, though they refresh us, yet they satisfy us not without thyself. Lord, I am willing to die to have a further discovery of thyself. And so saith another, Augustine, Thou hast made us, O Lord, for thyself, and our hearts are unquiet until they come unto thee. And so when Modestus, the emperor's lieutenant, threatened to kill Basil, he answered, If that be all, I fear not. Yea, your master cannot more pleasure me than in sending me to my heavenly Father, to whom I now live, and to whom I desire to hasten. And Augustine, let all the devils in hell beset me round, let fasting macerate my body, let sorrows oppress my mind, let pains consume my flesh, let watchings dry me, or heat scorch me, or cold freeze me, let all these, and what can come more? happen unto me, if I may enjoy my Savior. Austin, or Augustine, wishing that he might have seen three things, that is, Rome flourishing, Paul preaching, and Christ conversing with men upon the earth. Bede, the English monk or theologian, it comes after, and correcting this last wish, he says, Yea, but, but let me see the king in his beauty. Christ in his heavenly kingdom. By all these examples, you see that it is not a spiritual presence, but the glorious presence of God and Christ in heaven that can satisfy the soul of the saints. It was a great mercy for Christ to be with Paul on earth, but it was a greater mercy and a more satisfying mercy for Paul to be with Christ in heaven. They enjoy much who enjoy the presence of God on earth, but they enjoy more who enjoy the presence of God in heaven. And no presence below this presence can satisfy a believing soul. But thirdly, as they shall enjoy a satisfying presence of God in heaven, so they shall enjoy a constant, permanent presence of God in heaven. Here, God comes and goes. He is often a removing court, but in heaven the King of glory will be always present. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, First Thessalonians four, seventeen and 18. It is the constant presence of God in heaven that makes a heaven of comfort to blessed souls. Should this sun ever set, should this presence ever fail, heaven would be as dark as hell. Yea, heaven would be another hell. Here Jonah complains that he was cast out of God's presence, and the church complains that he that should comfort her stands afar off. 
No saint always enjoys the gracious presence of God. They that enjoy most of this presence may say of it, as Jacob spoke of Laban's countenance, I see your father's countenance is not towards me as before. And so may they say, oh, we see, oh, we feel that the presence of God is, is not with us as before. Oh, what a warming, what a cheering, what a quickening, what an enlivening, what a comforting, what a melting, what an encouraging, what an assisting presence of God we had once. But now it is not so with us. We that used always to be upon Christ's knee or in his arms are now at a distance from him. He that used to lie day and night as a bundle of myrrh between our breasts hath now covered himself with a cloud. We cannot see his face. We cannot hear his voice, as in the days of old. But now in heaven, saints shall enjoy a constant presence of God. There shall not be one moment to all eternity wherein they shall not enjoy the glorious presence of God. Indeed, it is this constant presence of God in heaven that puts a glory upon all the saints' glory. Heaven, without this constant presence of God, would be but as a court without a king, or as the firmament without the sun. Thus you see that the best and choicest presence of God and Christ is reserved for heaven. And you'll find that article in the, the Complete Works of Thomas Brooks. It's in the public domain. Thank you so much for being present today. And I trust that you will continue to stay in his presence, though, as he says, it's not always an easy thing to do. Hey, we have the works of several other great men of God on this website and their words. We have North Korea audios by the hundreds. We have North Korea photos. We have um, a study on the Quran for those who need to go looking into that field. Uh, Muhammad. Also, I have a study on him and, and prophecy and through the Bible and commentaries, uh, books. Now, 53 of them available at the store. Just click on store. And if you just want to pay a dollar, you have your Kindle set up. You can do Kindle books for one dollar. Every one of my 53 books. If you'd like them all on CD, I have two, a two-CD set that I personally will send you if you just click on Give there at your website and click on um, $10 when that, that comes up. And I will, if you'll put your address in there, I will send you all 53 books on CD for that amount. Uh, we have a blog that's now on Sermon Audio. I don't have the other blog. It has been discontinued. I'm just transferring things over here to Sermon Audio. A lot of things are changing in my life right now, trying to cut back on anything that is uh, not of God, not profitable for the kingdom of God in the best sense. YouTube, I'm still there, but uh, the countdown it may be on with that. We're praying about YouTube, and Facebook is gone altogether. And then Zoom, we're praying about Zoom right now. I've got some men praying about whether to continue or not. I'd like to hear from you if you're interested in a weekly men's fellowship, which would be, a the way things are looking now, a weekly men's Bible study on Zoom. If that's something that would interest you, uh, let me know. It would be Saturdays at 7 
Central Time if we do that. We're off this week, just for the record. Well, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.